welcome to episode 9 of the local meta. My name is Fletcher. And I'm John. And I have a personal complaint. Okay, <laughs> after last week I'm not sure what to think. <laughs> so, Watsi is killing magic. It's never going to be the same. Uh, it's going to be dead in a matter of months, and it's all their fault. Okay. I'm pretty sure I've heard this yep. every week for the last, like, 20 years. Yep, but this time it's real because I'm saying it. Oh, okay. Right? Are you prepared you for, have... for this? <laughs> Just go. Okay. They made a male angel, which goes against the rules of magic. And it actually bothers me a lot more than it probably should. So, this is actually the second male angel they have made. Really? Yes! Who's the first? The, uh, I, bl I think they have made one more male angel, at least. Um, if I am remembering correctly, Malak of the Dawn. From It's a shifted card. I can never remember what it is. Planar Chaos. Okay, Planar Chaos makes more sense. Planar Chaos is already breaking the rules. That's where they're breaking the rules. So, oh, man, that dude has some packs. Holy hell. Yeah. So, I'm going to talk you off the ledge. Alright. And this is a basically what somebody said on Twitter to somebody else who was like, well, they ruined magic because they made a male angel. And basically did say that. <laughs> so, we have no idea why. Yes. I'm assuming it has something to do with Bolas perverting white magic. Or white mana. I'm sure he's got to be doing something with it. I'm sure there's a good reason for it. And hopefully it's an interesting reason. Because if you notice, that's the... So there's been a couple angels spoiled, I think. And I think that's the only male ones so far. Well, there's two, and it's really hard to tell if the second one is male or female. Okay. I'm, I feel like it's female, but I mean, you're, the only way to really tell is to look really closely at a figure. And it's not that hard. It's not that easy to tell on a figure that is literally shown as being like, you know, fifty feet away from you. Yeah, but so that so that's that's the magic destroying thing is the male angels. Yes, male angels destroying magic. I demand a full set of beta to make up for it. Sounds sounds reasonable. This is fine. Okay, so our topic for today is color identity, and. This is, to me, this is one of the cornerstones of magic and what makes it great. Yeah, the the balance of all the different colors and like you know they they act they define what mechanically is allowed in each thing is very important. Like the actual like a large part of the story goes into the different colors of magic. Yeah, and ev you know it's tied into the flavor, the mechanics. I mean, everything is sort of built together with these identities so you know why don't we just we keep yammering about these in previous episodes saying that we're colors and we know people who are colors and things like that let's just start off by explaining the colors and their philosophy and then we can kind of go into how that all ties together with everything i guess the more simplified form of their philosophy obviously yeah we're not going to go super super deep on this but um if you ever want to read on the color philosophy just just go read a bunch of Mark Rosewater's articles on Daily MTG. You just can't go wrong. Yep. Okay. So, as most people know, there are five colors. White, blue, black, red, and green. And so, the first color, white, white wants peace. 
and it believes the best way to do this is by creating order and structure and helping everyone get to an equal footing, basically. Sometimes white is also referred to as wanting order, which are kind of the same thing. Yeah, it's but it, it order is almost a tool more so than yeah. it's you know exact what exactly it's trying to do. Yeah. So blue is blue wants perfection, and usually the way it achieves this is by gaining knowledge, learning, bettering itself, doing those kind of things. Blue blue tends to be a slow, methodical color that that wants to gain knowledge over time. Black is the best color and black <laughs> wants and black wants power uh and that sounds really negative and shifty and everything like that but realistically what black wants is it wants power because it gives it the freedom to do whatever it wants um black gets gets a sense of freedom and individuality so it can pursue its own goals um and we'll probably get into more of the nuances of black because i tend to lean that way too but we'll probably get into the nuances of four of the five colors actually probably all of them <laughs> we'll try with green you'll try I, it with green i have some nuance there but okay so the next color is red and red wants freedom red red is the color that follows its heart and does kind of just does what it wants um it's it's the color of emotion and Self-control is hard to come by if you're red. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And so the last color, and probably the most misunderstood color, is green. And green wants acceptance. Green believes that the world is created in a way that works, and nature works, and we're all in the place that we kind of should be. And... That's kind of okay with green. Like it's, it's kind of a it, it, philosophically, it's a very different color from the rest, and one that's hard for, um, especially a Western audience like us to understand because it's so far removed from a lot of our philosophies. This is fine. I'm okay this with is... the events that are currently transpiring. <laughs> green so, in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so John. What's your color identity? I know you've said it before. Uh, I am very, very much red-blue. Uh, I do lean more towards red, and blue is... It's not a splash. I am very heavy into blue also. But, you know, at, at my... I like to refer to myself as, you know, like, I have this, you know, icy blue exterior to people who first meet me, and then once they get to know me... I am a swirling mass of raging red emotions inside that. A little harder for people to see that, but it's kind of scary for some people who do, depending on which particular emotion they've chosen to encounter. <laughs> yeah, so some of them can be a little startling. Yeah. But, and, and that really does kind of describe you. So, uh, something will hit here since you, you know, you're red and blue. So, if anyone were to take the back of a magic card and look at it, you see that they're arranged in a star. Mm -hmm. And so the colors across from a color are the enemy colors, and usually they have opposing philosophies. Well, if you notice, red and blue are right across from each other, which means they have opposing philosophies. So, John, how does it work having a color identity where the two core concepts of your belief oppose each other? I mean, I'm the same way, too. Mm -hmm. Well, 
As some people might notice, I'm kind of insane. <laughs> uh, it's a really interesting, you know, I believe the word's dichotomy that I basically live through every day. Where, like, part of my mind, you know, it's like I have, like, I have these goals and I want to obtain these goals and I try and do it. And, you know, like, they're, like, I, I try and, you know, like, control my spending and all that stuff. And then the inner right of me just kind of like, you know, it would be a sweet idea. Let's throw down $300 on seven boxes of magic cards for absolutely no reason other than because it's fun to crack packs. <laughs> and then I kind of hate myself. And then I crack the packs and then I no longer hate myself because I'm cracking packs and life is great. <laughs> like there's there's these series of comics all the time where it's like this brain and this heart out talking and doing things. Mm -hmm. And the brain's like, we should do this because it's what, you know, the, the logical thing to do. And the heart's like, I like turtles and like runs off and like <laughs> the, just does what it wants. The heart is skipping off down a completely another path doing its own thing. Like it's chasing like, a butterfly or something. Yeah, like, that, that is me in a nutshell. <laughs> Uh, a lot. I actually think I exemplify this a lot in Magic, actually, where you know, like people, when people first meet me, especially if they, if they, if their first encounter with me is in the game of Magic, I am very, very blue. You are, you are the coldest person to play against in Magic. Yeah, like I am, I am quiet. I am only like stating my actions. I'm like, I almost never smile. I like, I even stiffen up to a degree, you know, because I'm so focused on what I'm going on. And then, like, I'm a completely different person who meets me outside of the game of Magic, you know, an actual game, if, like, we're talking about something, like, you know, you've, you've heard my rants about goblins and stuff, I can get super into stuff, and, like, you can get animated. Yeah, like, I'm, my arm, when I talk, I'm flailing, like, even, yeah, even, it. even in this, when we're recording this podcast, my arms are flailing around my desk, and I've knocked stacks of cards off before that, you know, no one knows about because I'm like quietly cleaning them up because I'm flailing like a maniac. No, no one knows about it because I edit it out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like, I, I actually, th like, as a result of my little, uh, the chaos of my very being, I actually think that my personal, I can get salty and it can get really, really bad until the blue side retakes over. And yep. I, there are some people who've seen the this bad side of me, and, like, yep. I, I kind of regret it sometimes. It's like, I don't get salty because I lose. I get salty when I lose because of variance. Because variance <laughs> goes against everything that I want as a, as a blue person. Like, I want to craft things to be exactly what I want them to be, Variance goes against my concept of you are what you make of yourself. And so, like, the blue side of me gets really annoyed by the fact that I'm not able to control what's happening. And then the red side of me kind of grabs onto that annoyance and lights it on fire. And then I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, all suddenly I'll be saying stuff that I don't really mean. And, you know, I'll just like, I've like I've lost a game, signed the match slip, picked up everything I had, and left the building before, so I wouldn't say anything I didn't want to say. Yeah, I've walked out with you, I think, before, and you just start swearing like crazy because <laughs> you're so mad at something like that. And like I I can regain control relatively quickly because you know I've I've literally lived this way my entire life. I'm fully aware of how I am. You know, I think like, I'm one of the few people who has the distinction of having you absolutely trip complete balls on them multiple times. And, like, outside of your immediate family, and, 
like lives to tell the tale. <laughs> yeah, like I can I can get a little bad, you know, but then like I've learned to t- retake over that, you know, take that ain- that emotions over and be like, "All right, this is fine. Everything is fine. The world is fine." And then, you know, I get land screwed again and it happens again and <laughs> yeah. I I have a very volatile style of saltiness and it's I'm fully aware of the problem, but there's I don't know if there's anything I can do about it because it's literally the two warring factions inside me just going at it. And it's so awkward for those around me. Here's the thing, though. It's you. Yeah. And that's kind of part of this to some degree. Is it, you know, it's it's you. And that's kind of fine. Like <laughs> People who know me accept that I get this way and they, you know, they'll... They'll, if they're my friends, they'll accept, like, yeah, that's just how John gets, and then they know that I'll become normal again eventually. People, I mean, it, it, it can leave bad impressions on some people, but I try yeah. to make up for it after the fact. By I've never seen you lash. Dick. I've never seen you lash out at anyone directly. It's just like a general. You're just mad, like at your like more as you said, more at yourself or at variance. Yeah, like the the worst I've ever done in regards to magic was I was playing in a game day against someone and I was playing a a deck that had an amazing matchup against the best deck in the format. And I'm playing against a guy and his he's playing the best deck and he mulligans to 5. I'm like, well, shit, this is just a free win at this point, right? Because, like, this is an amazing matchup. I li- like, it is almost impossible to lose if my deck does anything close to what it's supposed to be doing. And he's on a mulligan to five, so, you know, I'm automatically on an advantage. And he curves one drop, two drop, three drop, four drop, and that four drop is Gideon. Like, he <laughs> goes turn one, three, Inspector, turn two, Sylvan Advocate, turn three, Nissa, turn four, Gideon, and I get flooded, and I lose... And I'm just pissed off. And like, we're going to game three. And I'm like, man, or we're going to game two. And I'm like, man, you did really well. It's almost like you cheated. And <laughs> I know that this person did not cheat. That is not like, in my heart of hearts, I know he didn't cheat, but I lashed out and I said that and I felt like an asshole for it immediately. I never apologized because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I am an asshole, but I felt like an asshole and I felt really bad for it. I wound up winning and getting the play mat, though. So, <laughs> so it all worked out. <laughs> Results-orientated thinking, I guess. <laughs> okay, but so speaking of being a selfish dick, so my color identity is black-white, <laughs> which is another conflicting one. So, not as volatile of a conflicting one, though. It's it's far less volatile. It's actually far more orderly. Um, so basically. The part of black that I believe very, very heavily is you make your own destiny to some degree. Like black, black is the color that believes in meritocracy, basically to some degree. Is that you are you are out there to look for, look out for yourself, and you have to do things to so that you can succeed. The white part of me believes that there should be a structure for things. When you when I kind of combine them, that understanding that like the black piece of me is understanding that structure better gives me an advantage so i i strongly believe in that sort of thing as a part of that thing i so there's a misconception that uh black color identity doesn't they don't care for people and that's not true in the least but i i think um being with the black white color identity it's 
I care about the people in my air quotes community. And basically the way I define that is I care about the people I care about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I care about I care about them a lot. Like I, I really I really care about my friends. I really care about my family. I really care about, you know, these people that are in my life. But if you are not in that circle, I do not care about you. Yeah. You are not you, your well-being is not my responsibility. Yeah, there there's a lot of people who like their their perception of you is that you're a dick. And they're not wrong. But, I mean, they're not 100% wrong. Yeah, but, like, to the same degree, you are the person who, more than any other, I owe, like, almost mo- like almost everything good in my life I owe to you. And, like, so I'm, in my mind, I'm indebted to you until, like, the end of time. Which Yeah, is, and you, you know I claim no debt on that. Yeah, like, <laughs> you claim no debt. It's just my own personal, like, emotions in that regard, like... You know, like, you're this huge dick, but, you know, when I had the mental breakdown for, like, ten seconds, where the red took over, when my room was on fire, you gave me a hug. Like, you did that forever ago. And, like, I don't even know if you still remember it, but I remember it. You know, like, I I snapped for, like, a good minute. And then, you know, I retook over, and I'm like, alright, my room's on fire, what the fuck am I gonna do to fix it now? And, you know, like, but you still did that. And even though, like, everyone perceives you as an asshole, I know that, in you know, you actually aren't entirely. And it's, and it's, the pe- <laughs> yeah, it's, it's my people that I care about. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I look at it. To the same degree, I'm pretty sure I've threatened your life before because you were pissing me off over something, so. <laughs> I, was, I was poking the bear on that one, too. <laughs> A couple of times. Yeah. A few. You start getting wound up, and I'm like, yeah, we're just going to see where this goes. But... <laughs> So no fear, and I mean, so the the, the black black white color thing, like, I feel like the easiest way to describe that is black white color identity is capitalism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's honestly no, that's that's what the philosophy is wrong. for the most part. It, it's it it absolutely believes that you know you are responsible for what you do and no one else is, and you know what. Sometimes things don't work out, and that's not anyone else's problem. Yeah. Things don't work out. Make it so it does next time. Yeah. So, that's... That's kind of our perspectives, just with the whole... Color, like, where we fall on the, the scale of color identity. Um, man, so... <laughs> just to kind of go off and just talk about other people, or just color identities in general... Um, I have a really hard time with, like, and you're kind of an exception in a weird way. It must be because you have blue. But people who have the red color identity. Because they're all insane. They're not all, I mean, in real life, they're not all insane. Like, half of them are. Yeah, but that's that's still a lot of insanity going around. Like, yeah. <laughs> I am red, and I have difficulty, like, working well with other people who are base red. See, yeah, I, and maybe that's just the blue conflicting there or something like that, because I tend to... There's, there's just certain pe- types of, like, certain color identities I struggle with dealing with. But And it's really funny because um, some very good friends of me, of mine, uh, so he is, like, about as mono-blue as you can get. <laughs> like, he's, he's one of these people who researches everything before he does something. Like, I've literally gone up and, and asked him about, um, uh, like... A computer part or something that I needed, and he literally would rattle off specs and everything to me about all these things that he's researched already for it and everything. He is just he's he is as blue as possible. Mm-hmm. 
his wife is the most red person ever. Like she, she, she's just, she's just one of those people who is like, oh, I want to go do this. I'm gonna go and like and just like kind of, she's just follows her heart mm-hmm. and it just super personable and outgoing and you know loves loves hanging out and talking to people and stuff like that. Well, he just he just kind of wants to sit there and you know understand things and like you know like it's just. And watching those two interact, I just start laughing so much because you just see that conflict right there between the between blue and red. Like it's just the, fra- oh, man. the phrase "opposite attracts" is not wrong. Yeah, it it really it really is. But see, see that's really funny though because I'm I'm black white, mm-hmm. and my wife is white blue. But if you extend us out to a third color, we both become Esper, mm-hmm. which is black white blue. Which, I so mean, I think there's some of that. Not all opposites attract, obviously, but yeah. But I'm just saying, you know. So it's like, you know, it's it's interesting to see those dynamics of of people how they interact. And I I don't know where the hell I came from to some degree because, I mean, we had a discussion about my brother's color identity, which I don't really want to hit on. But like, my parents are both base green, I think. Mm-hmm. And you're and... you're very much not. I'm very, I am very much not. Um, they're the kind of people that, like, I think my mom's very much green-white, very much a community person, you know, like, wants, to, wants to sort of create this, this community with people to some degree um, and everything like that. And my my dad is, I think he's the only mono-green person that I can think of off the top of my head. Because I think, and I think even his philosophy is just kind of like you know the world is good as it is. Mm. Like I mean, and also he's a very outdoorsy person, yeah. which probably helps and everything like manliest that. Manliest man you will ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's and he's base green, but and, you know, and and gr- the funny thing too is is that green also has a very heavy spiritual aspect to it, um, mm. which like white tends to have the more orderly structured aspect of religion and green has the more spiritual aspect of that and he also kind of has that to some degree too with with green which is really really interesting i think i think back in the past he has probably had some blue in him too and stuff but i think he's i think he's become much more green and i don't know anyone else who's green unless you can think of i people like i can almost never find someone who's green because like i honestly consider green to go against humanity as a whole like to to my perception because like the whole concept of being human is to like it's kind of bad how we go about it but we basically want to change the world to be what we want it to be and green green goes against that see i don't know if that is human though i i, I think that's a American? cultural philosophy <laughs> yeah like cultural philosophy to some degree more western philosophy Fair. maybe um like green green is such a complex color identity it's yeah it's really hard to sort of pin where it exactly is because i think just as a culture we're so unfamiliar with it to some degree and like just because you're like oh i like trees doesn't <laughs> make it that doesn't yeah. make you green not all, color identity yeah, not all hippies are green like yeah yeah we we but, may joke about them being that you know Slesnia being the hippie commune but it's not just because they're green 
it's also because they're hardcore about community and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And so I think there's, I don't know. I think, I think the, ex, the using the ex, word of acceptance with green is a, is a big thing. It's, you know, it's kind of looking at how everything in life comes together and how everything kind of changes over time with life. And you sit there and look at it and you're like, this is okay. Every, you know, everything will kind of fit together where it needs to fit together. And by existing, I will end up in the place I need to exist. Does that make sense? I suppose to a degree, I actually do. Have, like, I, I actually just, I, you saying that, I recall, I realize that I do have a small part of green in me. Because I have this, I have this philosophy about stressful situations where it's like, can you do anything about it? Okay, then there's no point worrying. <laughs> like, yeah, I, can, like, I do can, too. Can you not do anything about it? Okay, then there's no point worrying. <laughs> like that—that that is something that I've said. Like, whenever my ex would get super stressed out, she she was very red in her emotional aspects. Go figure. Yeah. Yeah, like she, whenever she'd freak out with something, I'd be like, "Can you do anything about it?" She's like, "No." I'm like, then why does it matter? Just <laughs> roll with the punches. That's like, very red too. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like there is a there is similarities between red and green. They are allied colors, so like that is the one part of me that can identify with green. Yeah. Well, red red it tends to be emotion. Green tends to be instinct. So they kind of overlap in a spot there where they're like do what's in your heart to some degree and mm-hmm. red interprets that one way green interprets that a slightly different way yeah. where it's like i mean blue and black are um uh, you know allied colors mm-hmm. too so i i get blue i mean i if you go third color that's where i tend to end up but like it's just that blue is like we want to you know it is about making themselves better and black is about doing what they want because f you <laughs> I do think it's really. In- I I think the reason why me and you interact so well together, like you know, we have a we have a history of being like, being able to have extremely long, you know, complicated topics about complicated things, like you know, like basically like what it means to be human and stuff like that. And we can have those conversations without wanting to kill each other. And I think it is because like we just leapfrog each other on our color identities. Like yeah, we, we cut out. We cut out green, and you're white, I'm blue, you're black, I'm red. Yeah. And, like, so we can identify with each other as a result of that. Like, there, we are not just hardcore opposites in what we do, even though we have no overlapping colors. Yeah. I mean, if you extend it out, we do. But, yeah, like, it, we we share the allies enough to where it works. I mean, even our main colors kind of share ally enough, too. I mean, black and red are allies, so yeah. we kind of get it. It's yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Our our black and red are allies, and our secondary colors are also allies because they're <laughs> like, yeah, we need to control these sociopaths. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it works out in the end, I guess. But I don't know. It's yeah. I I'm not surprised that I'm part white color identity, but it is surprising that white is like your third one to some degree. I think most people tend to humans tend to lean white. Mm-hmm. Just because of that order and structure is 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 very is a very human thing. It, it's we, kind we of like that order and structure. It is necessary to continue the advancement of the human race. Pretty much, yeah, I guess. See religion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Topic for another for not yeah, this no. podcast. Nope. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, and without getting too far deep into the two topics, we won't bring up on here politics or religion. <laughs> um, I mean, if, if you, you can break down a lot of the forms of uh, government in the world to either being white or black. And a lot of times, most of them are designed to be a white color identity, but end up being a black color identity because humans get involved and dick it all up. Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, I want to hit on this topic, or this piece of the whole thing before we end. So, we just sat here for a while, categorizing people and labeling them and doing all this stuff. So, why is this useful? And I, I said this one with the psychographics one, and very much the same thing applies here. This is another tool to help understand people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I, I look at a color identity test very similar to, like, a Myers-Briggs test. You know, one of those personality tests um, that is used commonly in the corporate world and everything. And using this to kind of get, you know, a lot of... People who get a Myers-Briggs test, they can go up and say, oh, I'm, you know, this serious... I don't, I, honestly, I don't even remember. It's been so long since I've taken a Myers-Briggs test. Um, but, oh, they're like, oh, I'm this series of letters. And the other person can be like, oh, I'm this series of letters. And they can find common ground or understand differences based on the, just those four letters that identify your Myers-Briggs identity. Um, and I think when you... The first thing this does, the color identity does really well, it being able to look at yourself and understand who you are, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You can look at yourself and say, you know, for you, for example, can look at yourself and say, well, I'm emotional and logical, and, you know, I kind of struggle with that. But what, what does that say? It, it's tough to communicate that to other people, and it's really tough to model a lot of that in your own head, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you go up to somebody and say... I'm blue red who understands the color wheel. They're like, Oh yeah. Okay. I get you. Yeah. Like, or I'm like, I'm, I am, I am of the, is it? And people are like, you don't say. (laughs) And something I struggled with for a long time was, was being so selfish. (laughs) Like as weird as that sounds. Um, I mean, I, when I was in college, I had a, I had a philosophy class and I actually literally wrote a paper about how I was incredibly selfish for a, like a philosophy thing. And, my professor tried to tone it down and be like, oh, no, it's just, like, self-preservation and stuff like that. And, it, like, I finally realized, like, no, I'm just kind of selfish. And, but when I finally, like, when, when I was finally able to stop and realize it's, like, my color identity is black-white. And I, I got, I, I was able to look at that color identity and go, this is me. Mm. Like, this is, I, like, I, I get it now. I get, I get why I am how I am and what I believe in everything. Um, online, there's a, uh, there was a, like, they have all these color quizzes online all the time to say, oh, what color identity are you? And I hate those quizzes. Yeah, they're abominations. They're absolutely terrible. But there's this one one set of quizzes that somebody did. I don't remember where they came from. Um, but when you finish it, you always got an image of of your color identity. And they like the, the quizzes are always horrible, but those color identity things that they put out were so good. Um, so the one I got was um, I am black-white. Um, and it reads, I am both selfish and orderly. I act mostly for my own benefit, but I respect and help my community, especially when it helps me. At best, I'm loyal and dedicated. At worst, I'm elitist and shrewd. That summed it up so well. And 
I think just like looking at that and, and seeing at my best, this is what I am, and at my worst, this is what I am, it helped me understand myself better. And understanding some, I mean, just understanding those identities, it's helped me understand other people also. Um, the, the story I related with the Psychographics podcast was the, the MMA gym I went to for a while, and I had a, a tough time there. But I, I realized they're psychographic, and I realized their color identity. A lot of them are red, and a lot of them are red or red-white. That's ten, what martial arts tend to be. And that helped me connect with them along with the whole psychographic piece and and identify and, and integrate there and everything. So there's this is just a really helpful tool to help relate to people. Yeah, I, I did go through a very large part of my life, just not fully, you know, I I was very driven by red, but at the same time, like, knowing that, you know, it's just not a good way to go about things. Like, I used to be very, um, like, Grixis and or possibly even just Rakdos when I was in high school and stuff, because I just didn't care. And, like, you know, I, I lost the black part of me, and I very much went into the blue aspect, and I realized that, you know, when all of a sudden done, I was, I always had that part of blue, it was just being very much overshadowed by the red, because I was, you know, this extremely emotional person, but at the same time, I hid my emotions from people, because that's just how I wound up going about my life, and, you know, I still have that aspect where people perceive me as being very cold as a result, around certain things like i do have difficulty empathizing with people i do have difficulty feeling sympathy for people to a certain degree because like i don't want to get so emotional because my emotions can be so volatile Mm -hmm. you know like i am i like as like those the questions for those quizzes are absolutely terrible i hate how like singularly focused they are and i think that's the blue part of me because i like the world isn't as blatant as they all seem to put them but you know mm-hmm. my personal ones is you know i am both emotional and rational vowing logic but following my gut appropriate or inappropriate when in regards to buying magic cards yeah. uh at best i'm intuitive and creative at worst i'm scattered and unpredictable and that that sums me up so well you know it's like yeah like you've you've seen the intuitive side of me where i'm just like even like you know where we're like going over a deck list but i'm still pacing I was say, I'm thinking about that heroic deck list. Yeah, like I'm, I'm pacing like a crazy person, but at the same time, I'm just spewing out like you know all these thoughts and stuff. And you know, mm-hmm. you've also seen me start piling poker chips onto a cat because I decided I wanted to for some reason. Because you thought it was silly at the moment. <laughs> you know, I have my my moments of both. Yeah. So I mean, coloring is a very powerful tool, and. Uh, Rosewater has some longer descriptions written up, and I'd encourage people to go check those out. And take the time to look at yourself mm-hmm. first. I mean, that's that, that's what I think the big piece of it is here. And I mean, obviously, same thing with the psychographics. The color identities are not... This is not something to use to exclude people or, you know, single people out. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a tool to understand people. And the first person you need to understand is yourself. Absolutely. And... and Man, that goes a long way. Like, it's such a freeing sense when you can, when you just kind of are able to step back and go, "This is who I am." Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people I was talking to. You know, like, there I was saying, you know, this is what our our next podcast is going to be, and they're like, 
I feel like, you know, like, well, like my one friend, he was like, I feel like I'm green blue. And then like, I told him what the green blue means. And he's like, I am so not green. Like right? people have like this preconception of what they think they are based on like basically their preferences in magic, but that it really has nothing to do with it. No, this is philosophical yeah. at the, at its very core. I mean, like, and the, the, the awesome thing about it is the color conflicts are just like natural human conflicts. Yeah. Like everything about this is in actual human psychology. Yeah. Like black, the black white conflict is sort of like good versus evil to some degree. Um, blue versus red is the, uh, you know, mind versus action, emotion. At, yeah. Mind versus the mind versus emotion. Um, green and blue is nurture versus nature. Like, there's all these conflicts that are just core to us being humans, and it just puts them in an easy-to-understand way. And obviously, there's a lot of nuance that's missed, you know, with this. I mean, this isn't some, This isn't a, you know, psychological, you know, tool to diagnose anything or, you know, define people like that. But it's something, it's a really cool thing to stop and look at and look at yourself and see who you are and and use it to identify with other people mm -hmm. yeah I'm, i i am a big fan of just like all the psychological aspects of the color pie and all that stuff it's it's super interesting and it does help me understand my own interactions with people which mm -hmm. is very big for someone who cares a lot about self-control <laughs> yeah i mean you know as we've said before like being a local player is about building a community mm -hmm. and part of building that community is to understand people. Same thing as we said in the psychographics podcast, like this is just another piece to help understand people. And also as, as somebody who, or when you're kind of a, a newer player or something, knowing what your color identity is, it, it gets you in the door. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, like now you have a piece of this community and you can kind of, you know, talk the language to some degree and and be a part of something and you're like oh i know this little secret code thing or something like that like it it is a piece that sort of integrates you into the community and makes you feel like you know you're understood yeah and like you know like you said this is not used to like segregate like as i pointed out already in this podcast me and you sh do not share a color in common nope but we still like you know like you are one of my best friends Mm -hmm. and like we we get along very well we can discuss things very well like uh, as this podcast has shown we're not screaming at each other you know we'll get those i'm yeah. sure at some point <laughs> we'll we'll go off the rails <laughs> maybe yeah but, yeah so um do you have anything else you want to talk about so, actually on topic this time if really you... it's not gonna ask me about cottage cheese or anything <laughs> hey cottage cheese is delicious so, if you were to remove a color in magic for any reason, and it's it, the its allied colors would absorb everything that it currently does. Green. <laughs> Why? Um, <laughs> I've thought about this actually. So you actually caught me on something that I knew. So, um, the simplest solution is, or well, the most mechanical answer would be actually I think just the right answer is I think most of the pieces of green can be divvied up into its allied colors including the philosophical aspects of it 
Yes, to to some degree. I mean, obviously, you're still th some things get a little fuzzy, but I still think you can divvy up all the aspects of it, mechanical and philosophical, up into its into its allied colors, and still have a reasonable color pie. Interesting. I was actually contemplating black. I th really? Blue and I think blue and red could absorb black quite easily. Fair. I think that's that's quite fair. I mean, obviously, it would be like the darker side of red and the, I mean, the darker yeah. side of blue, which is kind of funny since it would be black. But right. <laughs> but I mean, if it, so, like you just basically you just have you know blue red. That's the darker sides of it as a combination, and you'd get the ruth the the calculating ruthlessness of black. Yeah. Yeah, and see, that's what I see with green going to white and red. Um, I mean, the instinctual pieces of green would end up in red, and the more the the orderly and community driven and spiritual pieces of green would end up in white. That's fair enough. And green green was also something that I was considering, but I, like you can probably make a case for all of them, really. So I, you probably could. I think I do think green and black are the most likely candidates, though. Yeah, red, blue, and white have kind of have a little niche that they kind of fill. Yeah, I think they fit. Um, uh, they're they're far more core, if that makes sense. Yeah. Than like, yeah, if you had to strip it down to three colors, I think that's what you'd do. Um, it, but that's actually kind of interesting. Like the three core are kind of you know mind, body, and soul. Like, assume huh. refer, <laughs> referencing like the yeah, the, I get you. The body is being red, you know, like the emotion mm -hmm. stuff, because emotions are kind of a typical thing. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just, but I mean, red is also a very physical color. Yeah, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was on topic. I'm surprised by you. Yeah, I can. I can not be always red sometimes. <laughs> Dial it back for a moment or two. <laughs> okay. Well, if you guys have um, uh, anything to say to us, you can shoot us an email at thelocalmeta at gmail.com. Otherwise, I guess we will call it. So until next time, you have good games. See ya. See ya.